Thanks, Mike, for finally letting me tour the Cage Club Podcast Network studios. No problem, Brian. But hey, could you not tell Joey? He hates it when you mess around with his stuff. Is that every Nick Cage movie ever? Yup. From Fast Times to Massive Talent, this network is pretty much the house that Nicky Coppola built. Hey, what about over there? Where do those stairs go? In my last kind of, uh, like, sort of stint of reading yesterday, I couldn't help but re- read it in my mind as Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get into that for sure. I don't know what I'm, what I'm going to do for this intro. Uh, do Joe Montana. I thought that's why you said do, it. Do, Joe Mon- do the Joe Montana? Okay, I'll try. I'll, I'll try. Let me just turn it on real quick. Ooh, Sonny's throbbing oh. member. <laughs> Someone saw a huge never mind. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. This is Uncle Francis's wine cellar. The cut by cut Francis Fort Coppola podcast. And this is a Cage Club Network production. But Mike Mike, all bastards are liars. Shakespeare That's what wrote I was gonna... about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to just add that. Oh, sorry that I ruined it. But it's all good. Just We're it. on. You caught on to me. <laughs> add it to the intro. Add it to the intro. I was going to say, I was going to say, and this is a cut by cut Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Shakespeare wrote about it. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we came to it together. Whatever. So, buona sera. Have a seat. Have a glass. And welcome to Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. I'm Ryan Rodriguez. But where's Michael? We can't start the podcast without Michael. Oh, I'm right here. I was just flipping through the book real quick once before I got on the air, but I'm here. We can start. Mike, uh, you, you said it. This was the hardest assignment in Uncle Francis history because we are movie watchers. We're book readers, too, but maybe not as sharp as we used to be. No, yeah, we're not the lottery pod over here. You know, <laughs> no. wish I was. Wish I could be. Yeah. Angle yourself to, to host that. No, maybe he guessed once. I'm still trying to finish a book that Joey gave me months ago, but uh, this is helping. This got me back into sort of a, a flow, if you will. Well, we did not read the entire The Godfather book, but we will be. But we started with book one of The Godfather. Yes, which is in my copy, uh, the trade paperback, a hefty 152 pages. So, you know. It's it's like a what they used to like a dime novel, right? Like that's the size of it, right? I mean, you he could have he could have released this as multiple books. And to be honest with you, Mike, it is if not the majority of the movie, at least half of the movie. So Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, everything up to uh Mike shooting the Turk. Whoa, spoiler alert. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, probably not a spoiler. But we are doing a book today. I am so excited about that. But first, remember to keep your friends close and your fellow podcasters closer. And hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And speaking of uh, closer, Mike, I I think Spotify and Apple have been doing the job on the the five families of podcasting. Because I got an email today that said Google Podcasts no longer will be a thing. So, whoa. I got to be honest, I never listened to a podcast on Google in my entire life that I'm aware of. (laughs) Didn't know it was a thing. Stitcher doesn't exist anymore. Google Podcasts doesn't exist anymore. I feel like there was just a baptism. 
I don't know, Brian. I mean, we're going <laughs> to... Good call there. But, uh, you know, if we have to go to the mattresses, we will. We'll survive, whatever it takes. You know, we'll be on CB radio. Heck, we'll be doing the... Uh, we'll be typing out Morse code over the over the freaking wire hey, if we have to. Maybe this podcast will just be our thing, you know, Costa Nostra for ourselves. <laughs> um, Ooh, don't say anything. No, you're not supposed to talk. <laughs> well, Mike, I got to do a quick segue, and I'll get back to keeping your friends close and your fellow podcasters closer. <laughs> the other day, as I've said on this podcast, we just had a baby here. Not you and I, or maybe, but <laughs> me, and my, well, me and my wife. And that'd be nice too, though. We we had a small small little baptism the other day. Oh, where was I? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it was literally just the grandparents, the godfather, who was my friend. Aunt, That's Anthony. what I'm saying. Where was oh. I? No, <laughs> Joey should have been Joey. the godfather to my child. <laughs> oh well, he, he's he's the pod father to third times a charm. But yeah, it was it was ve- very very small. Nice. Regardless. Nice. Did you play the Godfather in the background? <laughs> I couldn't help when the priest was just like, "Do you reject Satan and all his works and all that?" So my brother, my brother Ken, wow. Kenny, he's the cinephile of the family uh, more than me now for sure. He he's one of these people who watches every Oscar movie in the theater, you know. Just mm. some- and he's younger too, right? So he's got more time. Oh yeah, spry, ready, <laughs> and, and he actually works for a. I mean, not in a high level position, but he works for a major streaming service, which I won't name here. Right. Yeah. But re- regardless, right? Like as it was happening, he was looking at me because he knew what I was thinking, I, and I was thinking that final scene of the Godfather. <laughs> and our good friend Kyle, Kyle Reinford, who's been on the show many times, um, when yeah, I mentioned him, resident chef, he's basically you know our Clemenza. <laughs> yes, you know he wasn't there. But he, you know, he knew it was happening. So he messaged me like, hey, congratulations. And he was like, so since I haven't been asked to do any favors today or, you know, do any jobs, oh, I, okay. I, I assume it's all, everything went well. And I was like, yeah, you know, what? you're right. So everyone knew that a big part of the ceremony for me was the celebration of the film, which is sad. Nice. Uh, but Was there, uh, if I may ask, was there a line out the door for your brother? Uh, with the favorites. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and to be clear, my brother was not the godfather. But I only pick Italian godfathers. My good friend Anthony, oh. Anthony uh, was the godfather. Yeah, I think you mean Anthony. Anthony was the godfather, yeah. <laughs> I only, come on, you know, I could only pick Italian godfathers. I can't be, I can't be your own brother, I guess. No, no. Well, <laughs> the truth is I have two brothers. They sort of cancel out. You know, oh, there you go. Okay, so you have no brothers. Is that what you mean? <laughs> well, this very likely might be my my only child here, right? So, like, if I knew I was having two children, maybe I could do that. But yeah, if you had twins, yeah. But who's the Fredo? Who's the Sunny? Who's the Michael? I don't know. But <laughs> regardless, it's the same issue in my family, and I got a sister too. So we have a Connie. I mean, at least that she's Ooh. the only sister, so she's taken care of. I always went that I'm the youngest, so I guess I'm the Michael. And my name is Michael, so what am I going to do? Where's Michael? We can't start the podcast without Michael. I feel like we did better. Anyway. That was, you have no idea, like, my entire life, like, my brother or my dad, they'd say that at occasion. <laughs> really? That's so funny. <laughs> I never said that. I could have sworn I must have mentioned that before. Yeah. <laughs> the one other thing I want to mention, which is a callback to our Christmas episode, which was our last episode, A Very Couple of Christmas, right? Uh, part mm. two. <laughs> so my wife's mother actually had a family heirloom. Oh, cool. At the baptism. And it was an old baptismal gown that 
Nicole wore my wife for her baptism. Nicole's mother wore for her baptism. And Nicole's grandmother wore for her baptism. Wow. So we got the fourth baby in this. And the other day, you guys criticized me for having an old baptismal outfit. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know the story behind it. I, mean, I don't know the cool ass, like, historical relevance of this, you know? Uh, if your daughter doesn't put this on her daughter one day, then uh, what's the point, right? <laughs> like, no, that's very, very cool. And how, so it's like over 100 years old, this thing. You should get it appraised at uh, Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> I know that's a little bit more now and then and less Godfather, but I thought it was a nice callback to our last episode. So, yes, no, that it all tracks. You know, we're still talking about the baptism. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, can't wait to see how that's uh, portrayed in the novel because oh. of how it's all like cross cut in the movie. And oh, stuff. yeah, that, that should, should be, be very cool. interesting. But remember, keep your friends close to your fellow podcasters closer. As, oh, as yes, I mentioned, we only have two more podcast service really left. Well, there's YouTube podcasts. I don't even know if we're on that. But just find us on Spotify or Apple. Well, there's YouTube podcasts, but most people I know just post their podcasts like on the normal YouTube. and like, Or if you listen to podcasts, it's just off that. I didn't know they had YouTube podcasts. So not to get into the weeds, but... What are you going to do? You, you, you're trying to take out somebody? You're going to drive them into the weeds and uh, leave them there to be found? Not to get into the swamp or the toll booth here, but... When you post a podcast on YouTube now, you can click a podcast button and it automatically becomes an audio podcast on the YouTube music app. Oh, that's nice of them. Okay. They realized that so many people were just posting their podcasts on YouTube. They're like, why are we doing double the work? You know? Yeah. All right. But remember, you can also check us out at cageclub.me, the hub, the home of this podcast Mm. and Mm. all the other great pop culture podcasts. Uh, it's the mall. It's it's the uh, the compound. We just talked to Santa Claus three on your show. <laughs> that was fun. yes, we did. That was fun. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. High school slumber party coming back. We've been recording some stuff, so uh, check oh, check man. that out. And uh, we we've, we've got something in the hopefully something to get to this year on Third Times a Charm. Just oh I mean, uh, yeah, cross a big crossover <laughs> with your show and my show. We just discovered some high school. <laughs> A high school movie that uh, has to be seen soon. A huge crossover. I'm excited for that one. We'll just just tease that right now. Uh, So many other great things uh, and shows there. 1999, the podcast is now going weekly, I heard. So check that out as well. Whoa. Oh, my God. I give him a lot of credit for that. When Joey and I started this whole darn thing and we were doing Cage Club, we did three a week. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you could catch a Cage Club episode. Which is insane. That was banana. It was bananas. We didn't know what we were doing. It was tw- it was 2015. You know, uh, who knew what was during happening? during the pandemic when I wasn't really working. I, I did high school slumber party twice a week. You know what? It burnt me out. Right. So yeah. Honestly, with this show, we just have fun. We release when we release. We we yes. try to release twice a month. Um, maybe we'll get on more of a regular schedule, but you know, me with the baby and all that other stuff. The baby. No, oh, you gotta see the baby. The bambina, but regardless. Oh, hey, the, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's hard. It's hard not to be reading the Godfather novel and and slip in to a very stereotypical Italian accent while you're reading. You know, it's just it's or so listening easy. like me, Mike. You, by the way, your chair of face looks looks lovely tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> be like. 
They knew his habits. Luca thought they must have been checking them out. <laughs> he usually gets up about three or four in the afternoon and had a bad breakfast, and then amused himself by gambling with cronies and the family who had a goyle. <laughs> just in your mind, it just comes out. That really is how it goes, which I love. Um, <laughs> so, since I'll, I'll mention the baby just one more time, but you know. Mm-hmm. Another mouth to feed here, trying to save money. I kept the bottle of Francis Coppola Diamond Collection Pinot Noir that it didn't finish from last time. Oh, I'll drink way it to today. go. Hopefully it, it it didn't go bad, but but I think it'll still How be good. How can you tell? Will you, will you get sick on air and, and all that? No, no. You'll just tell by the taste. Yeah. It, it just will not taste good. It won't taste like a, like a good wine. But sometimes with a wine like does a little air helps it. So salute and like oh, cheers. Okay. Salute. Ted Danson to you too. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, it's pretty good. Or should I say Fraser Crane? Nice. The superior character of that. <laughs> so I do want to say that I am not drinking out of a wine glass, but I found this glass in, in the back of my counter. Was it there? Like, was it yours or was it there when you moved no, in? No, no, no. I believe it's mine, but it's definitely not something that I used a lot. You probably can't see it in the video, but... I could see a little something going on with it. What is that, a world map? It is a map of Francis Ford Coppola's beloved San Francisco. Oh, well, hmm. I don't, I don't beloved San Francisco. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Well, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with a very uh, a troubling experience in San Francisco. Ooh. But anyway. We'll do a podcast about that one day. But <laughs> of course it is, you know, the San Francisco Bay, Northern California, the home. Ricer Roni, the San yes. Francisco tree. We have I Left My Heart in San Francisco, the Tony Bennett song. There's a lot going on there. More important for this podcast, really, the heartland, Coppola country, if you will. Mm. Uh, so not where Ant-Man's from? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on there. That should be the motto. San Francisco, we got a lot going on. <laughs> We're in a lot of movies, a lot of pop culture. A lot of rice and meat products. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, home of a zoetrope, correct? It is one location in the world, but Mike, Mike Appella, can, can I get Mike Appella nice here? Segue. <laughs> I tried. Nice, great segue. <laughs> <clears throat> I wish I knew the opening stuff. Like they do a whole thing before they sing where yeah. in the world, right? It's like from from London to the pyramids, from Brazil down the Great to Wall Belize, to Japan. It's we'll like, take you oh, on a ride and a something to China. Oh. Tell me, yeah, that. Brian. Oh, yeah. oh, and then it goes like, "Where in the world is the Godfather streaming?" Yeah, I think it would be something along the lines, probably like, "We'll take you from Apocalypse oh, Now oh, from, to <laughs> like the Cotton no, no, Club. it's got to be more like." It's got to be more like from app to app, right? So from Paramount Plus over to the Showtime. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go to YouTube. Maybe we're on Tubi. Yeah. Who knows if we're on Pluto or something else. And then it's like. Or you know, MTV. Um. <laughs> yeah. Now we're on MTV. What the hell is happening? Like, <laughs> So we'll work that out. Mike, I'm an irresponsible host. Um, and I think we talked about this, but I'm not sure. Either I was listening to a podcast or a comedian was saying this, or there was an article somewhere and I couldn't find it. But someone recently actually said, and, and if you're a listener out there, if you're a niece or nephew out there who knows what I'm talking about, someone was actually like, what world do we live in today that there are all these streaming services 
but I can't get The Godfather streaming anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Save physical media, folks. Save physical media. Especially The Godfather. Like, you should just, like, I am reminded of the great joke in Wayne's World when Cassandra's, like, going through the old records and he's like, oh, Frampton Comes Alive. They used to issue this. If you lived in the suburbs, you'd get, like, sent a free copy. It's, like, kind of the joke. I feel the same about The Godfather. It's like when you buy a DVD player, it's just like, here's The Godfather. You know, here you go. Like, for free. Just have it. I have to say, though, with the most recent news, call me optimistic. I feel like we might finally have a consistent home for it. So it is currently on Paramount Plus slash Showtime because they're merging the two services together. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that, like, this is one of their marquee products now, right? Like, hey, get this. It'll be on there. I don't know if you read the trades or whatever, but Paramount Plus is currently very much streamlining because the rumor is they are streaming line. Yes. <laughs> they they are like the bell of the ball. We'll put it that way. They are trying. Oh, to, they're on top. Not necessarily. They are trying to lure a suitor so that they could be bought. Oh, they, they don't see themselves as sustainable. They've been flirting a lot with Max. Wow. This sounds, this sounds like some inside info here. This no, no, like no, 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 no. The here. trades, the trades. Oh, okay. All right. All right. This is like open speculation. They've laid off, or they 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 plan to lay off a lot of their staff just to streamline. This is what companies traditionally do when they want to show profit, when they want to be sold. They are looking mm-hmm. for a life raft. They call in George Clooney. They call in Anna Kendricks <laughs> to come fire everybody. <laughs> Love that movie. I am pro this. I know a lot of people are anti this. I think we have too many streaming services. I'm okay with Max and Paramount Plus merging. But yeah, yeah, I think having the Godfather on Paramount Plus slash Showtime, whatever they're calling it, makes it more of a marquee product, right? Hey, buy this and you get the Godfather, among other things. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's weird out there right now because I just recently rewatched the terrific 2022 The Batman, okay, with Ooh, your boy, with my boy, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Cover that on High School Slumber Party. And uh, I noticed after a while, I watched it on HBO Max, okay? And then I and then I go on Netflix and I'm cruising around and I notice it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And then I see a whole, a whole bunch of movies on Netflix that are also on like every other streaming platform. I'm like, where's the exclu- exclusivity? Exclusivity? Like what's so exclusive now about these platforms not that much it it turns out i mean they each have their individual you know programs that they produce but when it comes to like who's getting this movie who's getting that movie that just came out a year ago or whatever it's like they all have it so you know it's hard it seems like it's getting harder to kind of like find their place you know disney has its place because it has so much of its own content and it has those properties right and like so for paramount to be like we're snatching up the godfather we're keeping it we're sort of gonna build a platform around it we have the offer we have all the other godfather movies let's try maybe we they should if they're smart they should get the entire coppola library too and like all the things adjacent to the godfather right and so i don't know i think that's a pretty clever move as well because there's too much of the same out there but even disney is doing what you're saying now um, it, it's the Wild West out there. Like, it, it is very, very tough to like for the streaming services to just 
make it on their own. Netflix has such a fortress of a market on things that now Disney Plus, Max, Paramount Plus, they will not just loan properties, they will pretty much give properties to Netflix <laughs> so that I, I feel like I quote Don Finucci every episode, but so that people could wet their beak, the Netflix users could yeah. wet their beak on it, and they'll be like, hey, where did it go? Oh, now it's exclusively on Max? Right? And they'll pull it back at some point. For something like The Batman, which I really enjoyed, they they want other eyes to see it so that other people can really enjoy it and then bring it back there. Friends is a great mm. example of sort of this. Friends was on Netflix and there was a whole renaissance. Young kids were mm-hmm. watching that show. People were like, what the F? Oh, so, quick sidebar. Did you see that, that new Julia Roberts movie on Netflix about the end of the world? It's it's quite good. I liked it. But her daughter's like obsessed with Friends. <laughs> and it's it's great. I thought of you the whole movie. <laughs> that checks out. That checks out. I haven't seen it, but now now maybe I will. And she's like watching it like on Netflix, of course, or whatever. She's like streaming it the whole time. Uh-huh. She's like, I got to find out what happens. That's great. So what happened was, you know, it went to Max because... It became an exclusive property of Warner Brothers. Warner. It was Warner. Warner is the one who really produced it for NBC. Yeah. So people were like, "Why is it not on Peacock?" Because you know, it, it was a Warner show that NBC picked up. It wasn't an NBC produced show. Cool. Yeah, Warner's did it. They had Channel Eleven, but they weren't doing stuff like Friends on it. Yeah, exactly. But once it went to Max, right? Like, I'm not saying the Renaissance died completely, but it definitely went down a little bit. Like Netflix is still worlds ahead of the other streaming services Mm. yeah brand recognition wise as a streaming service netflix is still ahead of something like hbo you hear hbo is like oh i still got to go to like my television chant my cable box or whatever you know i feel like it's a channel more than a service 100 percent. it is interesting though that we've never seen at least in the history of the show the godfather on netflix i wonder if that'll happen but to be honest, it seems a little perverse to me, right? Like The Godfather on Netflix. I don't know why. No. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, everything else is like, that's the thing. It's like when it came to stuff like that, I don't like I'm of two minds. Like the one thing is like, I, I think it's a good idea if you want, if you want and need to attract attention to your network or your, your streaming service or anything. But on the other hand, like there's something about keeping it like behind a locked door also that I don't quite like. And that's, I think, where we get to the point of like, companies and and places forgetting entirely about certain things and movies and shows to the point where like can't stream it can't even buy it on dvd it's like lost forever now or even just shows that that they opt to take off because they don't turn a profit regardless of if people like them or not and stuff so like i don't know sometimes i get a little like uh the godfather let it of course let it be on on netflix because like fucking everything else like gone with the wind can be there like breaking bad whatever it's it's regardless of the image of the logo you know there's still prestige stuff on that platform right so i don't know i wouldn't mind i don't want to say hooray amazon yay jeff bezos but at least the man- <laughs> Jeff Baldy, no. not not I'm not I'm not making fun of bald people out there. There's plenty <laughs> of great bald people. I'm just saying that guy. <laughs> but Amazon, um, I like I have a Fire TV, so like I see this stuff because I'll just your TV's on fire. You better get some water, bro. <laughs> Order it off Amazon quick. And we just lost our audience. Um, <laughs> Not the dads. It's the dad show That's now. That's good point. I'm a dad now. <laughs> like, I'll type in a movie and it'll give me all the options, like where I can stream it. 
but Amazon will always tell you, obviously, hey, you can rent a year for a couple dollars or whatever it is. Um, Disney, for example, they booted a lot of movies off Disney Plus, a lot of teen movies, which um, I, I mentioned on High School Slumber Party AP. But they're all, you could still all rent them on Amazon. Like what they'll do occasionally, like they'll like have the sequel on Disney Plus, but the first one you have to rent. So like. Yeah, that's so weird. It's though. annoying. But they're getting the revenue. Amazon's getting revenue. It's, it's a whole thing. By the way, side note, and I'm only going to spend 10 seconds on this. Amazon mm-hmm. just added all these music video channels. I should have been reading The Godfather yesterday. I, <laughs> I did nothing for hours. Because they have like now 20 channels that just run music videos constantly. And I was like, huh. this, is, this is why Gen X is the way it is. I literally just sat in my couch like beavis and butthead for hours critiquing yeah i did that (laughs) music videos yeah i did that in the the 90s man that's that was the 90s mtv was was hypnotic that's for sure and then like the real world came along and like i snapped out of it i was like wait what these aren't music where's the music like these aren't videos like what's happening who are these people how did they all get in my room? <laughs> Speaking of music, can I get a? Is it a xylophone? Is it a harpsichord? The the uh, news jingle, if you will. Oh wait, we can't, Brian. Uh, first of all, we can't move on just yet because I have I have a little bit of a of a of a tag to the to the where can you stream oh. the Godfather, if I may. So uh, as the audience might know by now, we we are going to be talking about book one of the Godfather. The novel by Mario Puzo, best-selling phenomenon, a classic of our time. And Brian, you listened to the audiobook as read by Joe Mantegna. Uh, I don't know why I said that like, <laughs> like that exactly. Uh, I'm a Joe Mantegna, but uh, I ended up uh, reading the first book off my trusty copy here. Uh, but I was like last night or the other night, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm done reading. Like maybe I'll go back and try and listen to some of it if I can find it. Where is the Godfather book streaming? Uh, I checked but Spotify. My Capella. No. <laughs> Where in the world is the Godfather the book streaming? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not a lot of places, apparently. I took some pictures I must have deleted already. I don't know. But I went on to Spotify and I'm like, oh, Spotify. Let me type it. They have audiobooks now. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, the Godfather, da, 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 da. the Godfather book. You know, I want to I want to read the book. And so I type that in and uh, it comes up and you can say audio books and it's got, oh, look at this. Not the Godfather, but the Godfather Returns, the family Corleone, uh, the Godfather's Revenge, the making of the Godfather, uh, Kings of the Godfather, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Like it's got everything but the actual book. Wow. I go to, I go to Apple, you know the like the Apple Music thing. They also have have uh, books that you can listen to too. Same deal. It has all those other books, but it doesn't have The Godfather. I don't know where else to go for free. Like of services I have, I know there's, you know, where you go primarily to listen to audiobooks online. But like I was saying, if it was anywhere else, you know, uh, where did you listen to it? Uh, so I I'm a subscriber to Audible. Yeah, Audible. That's that's like the one that it's that every book is on though. So I'm a commuter, right? Like, and I either listen to mm-hmm. podcasts 
of course, the Cage Club Podcast Network podcast exclusively. But uh, no, honestly, I listen to more sports podcasts or I listen to audiobooks. I, I love audiobooks. I consume a lot of audiobooks. So Audible has a subscription where you get a fr- like, it's not free because you're paying for it, but you get essentially one book a month. So I, I did that there. And uh, we've been alluding to it. And maybe we'll get into it later. But it, again, you can get it on Kindle. You can get it on other places as well. But it, again, you have to pay for it. And I think you have to pay for it because the legendary Joe Montaigne, Joey Zaza. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking because I pay for Spotify. I pay $10 a month. I'm on a family. I'm on my, my brother's Apple plan or whatever. Like he lets me use his Apple. Like people are paying for this, you know, and I, these are the services that I have available to me. You know, these are these are the ways that I am able to experience things. And yet... I cannot. <laughs> I would like to see the finer things. However, they are denied to me, unlike certain people in this room. <laughs> but perhaps, Mike, I should have, you know, went into Oops. my deep pockets and, and and lent you my Audible subscription. But well, I wasn't getting. I wasn't. I wasn't going there. You know, that's not where I'm going necessarily. But it was just kind of like. Oh, uh, like I, I pay for a service that has audiobooks. I just, you know, assumed it would be there. It's one of the, it's the best-selling phenomenon, a classic of our time. It says so right here on my copy. You know, it's just like figured they'd just give it away. You know, uh, comes free with Kindles and stuff. I don't know, and just that's all. You know, I just thought it would be a fun addition to this segment. I love it. I love it. We we got to keep doing this. But where are we? Oh yeah, yeah. News jingle, Mike. News jingle. Oh, right. So, yeah, I don't exactly know what those noise. I think it's like Morse code or something, but it's like Megalopolis news. Oh, we got some Megalopolis news, Mike. Of course. Would you say we have mega Megalopolis news? We do. This it's interesting cuz it was like news but not news. I consider it big news, but would you say it's not necessarily the news? <laughs> yeah. Basically Francis Ford Coppola told the world that Megalopolis will be out this year, 2024, and he's implying like really soon. He's like, "Oh, don't worry. Yes. It's coming. It's coming." Again, I don't know if this is just him teasing just a tease. But his oh, this is how he's sell- this is how he's selling it. This is this is instead of trailers. This is all you know. He's a he's he's doing his press junket. Like he's starting early. You know, it's, he's like a real carnival barker showman. Like with this thing, you know, doing an old like it feels like he wants to take it on the old road show like they used to do, right? Like people haven't done that since like Tarantino with Hateful Eight, where it's like we're going on the road with this thing. <laughs> you know, we're going town to town. It feels like that kind of energy. So he confirmed that it would be out in. His words, a few months. So we'll see. You know, we'll do a okay. lot. A so lot. what is constitutes a few? Every time I remember as a kid, every time someone would be like, in a few minutes, in a few minutes, be like, well, what's a few? So I say five to six. I say we're watching this by the summer. I think it's going to be a big summer thing. If I had to guess. Like I- if you if you when, when your daughter grows up and you're like, I'll be there in a few minutes and she's still waiting 15, 20 minutes. I thought you're gonna. Uh, I thought you're gonna say fifteen, twenty years. I thought this was gonna be an uh, angels in the outfield situation. Or you know. Hold on, honey. I'm just going out for a pack of smokes. I'll see you in twenty years. 
<laughs> uh, happened in my family twice, apparently. <laughs> Didn't mean to touch a nerve, but no, I mean you know relatives that I'm not familiar with in in days long gone. A few, a few, like if, I kind of feel like he thinks it's a few, and I kind of think it's going to be December, but hopefully not. <laughs> Studios will probably want to hold it for award season, that kind of thing. But I hope it com- I hope it comes out like in the summer, and he's just like, it's ready. Just like put it out. Like everyone's around. It's summertime. All that kind of. thing. And I haven't I listened to it, but he was on something called the Accutron podcast. Are you familiar with this one? It's not a Cage Club Network podcast, FYI. That's why I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> no, but I wish he was on our podcast. So I just clicked it. The Accutron Show. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. This is a, mm-hmm. I've never heard of this podcast. This is about time travel into American consumer culture through a series of conversations with notable guests and experts from various fields. Very broad. Okay, that sounds legit. That sounds pretty cool. So, all right. So he was on that. And- I just I just started listening to the Paul Giamatti podcast. Are you aware that he had one? No, I was not. I got Chinwag. It's excellent. Him and his philosopher friend sit down, and so far they've been talking about like monsters and like Frankenstein's and and things like it's great and aliens and stuff. He has been talking about modify. He has been talking about wine monkey. He goes into it a little bit, and all of his guests are like, "Oh yeah, sideways. Are you a wine connoisseur?" He's like, "You know, no, not really." <laughs> He's like, "I don't really like wine." It, He's like, "I'm an actor. That's just I'm a good actor." It's disappointing. It's disappointing. <laughs> I love that. He wants he wants to play a werewolf, and I want to write that movie. Please do. So Coppola on this podcast, he, he gave an interesting quote that I was like, what? Hmm. When talking about the movie, he describes it as unusual and never boring. Other than that, you're going to have to wait and see. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but like, those are some balls to be like, my shit's never boring. Like, I don't care what you say about it. It's just, it's not boring. I mean, like, you can kind of buy, I buy like. You think about like Apocalypse Now, it's like, it's never boring. Like, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> you know? Like, he's able to deliver on that to some degree. But that's awesome. I love how he's just like so confident in this movie, in this production, dude. He's like, he's like, I've always wanted to do this and I fucking did it. And it's going to be awesome. And it's like, just you wait. And if you don't like it, I don't give a shit because I did this because I wanted to do this. And it's like, yes, I love that. <laughs> again that energy like the way he's coming out with this like filmmakers haven't been doing this with their movies like i feel like maybe like james cameron is still kind of like this you know where he's like off in his own world doing his own thing producing his own shit and then he comes out with it and he's like i just made the most bomb ass shit you've ever seen no one's ever seen anything like and it turns out to be like avatar you know and it like changes the game and shit and that and he's like i'm doing another one and I'm pumping it up another level and he comes back with the second one and he's so like energetic and like I might it might not necessarily be my thing as a movie per se, but like I I really enjoy that like spirit behind it. Yeah, I mean the Cameron comparison is interesting. There's a little bit to me more of an arrogance with Cameron. With Coppola Coppola feels like confidence. Cameron feels like arrogance. <laughs> They're different. They, yeah, they definitely come from different eras, right? And like, Fair. they're not that far from each other. But Coppola is like sort of from the era before himself. You know, he's still like, he started so early with those, with the like the old guard and the, you know, like those guys from like the 50s and the 40s and the 60s and shit. So like, he almost has a foot in, in multiple worlds there. But yeah, James Cameron, I can see that. Yeah. No, I'm not saying they're like the same. They're just like, 
the way that they sort of talk about and present their particular projects feel very similar because they're these guys that self-produce, you know, it's, it's sort of the same yeah. with George Lucas minus the energy. Like George Lucas is just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, it's done. It's kind of, it's like solo energy, but like, it's the same idea where he's like off in his own world, doing his own shit comes out and he's like, I just changed the game, you <laughs> know, check it out. <laughs> and they completely immerse themselves in what they're doing yeah. right another bit of news that i found interesting of course this is uncle francis's wine cellar nephew nicholas on the nick cage oh yeah cage club podcast network right what's your nick cage show called nicky nicky club cage club oh, what'd you say the nicky club <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> of course it is cage club it is the flagship the tit the titular show the titular yes, yes. show here on the network and <laughs> you and i and even jo joey pointed this out by the way like so side note I, I love joey's like feigning disappointment of always being like 30 seconds late to the to news that, that he gives us <laughs> but yeah. regardless um you know i i am so i value the the effort is so valiant and i and i love <laughs> those stories popping up and i never have the heart to tell them first to be like yeah we saw this like two minutes ago <laughs> but on instagram Uncle Francis giving praise to his nephew, Nicholas Cage. How great was that? Yeah, that was awesome. So the new Nick Cage film, Dream Scenario. Have you seen it, Mike? Uh, was out recently in, in theaters. Oh. I have not yet seen it, Brian. There was, but there's a big story behind why that episode hasn't come out yet. I mean, if you've listened to any of the last few episodes of this show or Third Times of Charm, you know from like basically Thanksgiving to Christmas, I was sick. So I missed that. I miss Godzilla. But Godzilla's still playing. I might have a chance to see it Saturday if I'm not working and it's not like 20 below out. It's it's rentable now, but it's like you got to pay $20. to. It's like more to rent it than if I yeah. had gone to the theater. So I got to wait for that rental to go down a little bit. But I'm dying to see this movie. Dying to see the new Godzilla. Uh, yeah, I got sick at the wrong time this year. We are waiting. Cage Club fans are waiting for the dream scenario episode. It is our dream scenario. We might have to change the intro to this podcast, like instead of <laughs> for fast times, best talent, fast times to dream scenario. But he he said Coppola about his nephew on Instagram. My nephew Nicholas always pulls a wonderful performance out of his hat. Even as a little kid, he can imitate a computer, which is interesting. Uh, what? <laughs> His work in Michael Sarnofsky's Pig and his most recent performance in Christopher Borgley's Dream Scenario is beyond an old uncle's praise. Ah, oh, I love it. Excellent. I love it because so good. It's just like they're feeding into our world here at the Gage Little Podcast Network. <laughs> he he literally like referred to himself as Uncle Francis pretty much, right? <laughs> he, he like did. he did. <laughs> By the way, I love Pig. It makes me so happy. Pig is a family favorite. Oh, Pig is amazing here in my house. We love Pig. Oh yeah, that's like that's like top five Cage's like performances for sure. But yes, it's very cool that uh, Francis acknowledged Nick Cage as his nephew after all these years again. Just to remind the, I think because a lot of people saw that post and were like, "What's he talking? Why would he? What's he talking about to Nicolas Cage? Like, what's this all about? You know?" And I think a lot of people found out that they were related when that dropped i mean we know it's not but i don't think it's common knowledge you know i don't think people realize how deep the bench is in the coppola team you know i don't think they realize talia and schwartzman and all that i don't think that they, you know they're connected and all this you know 
So I think people saw that and were like doing some research and they're like, holy shit, that's Nick Cage's uncle? Especially the younger generation, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. When Nicolas Cage like first got big, you know, people were like, we're starting to say, oh, he's the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. Now I think there are people who are like, oh, yeah. You know Nicolas Cage's uncle directed The Godfather, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a marketing point in a way for tabloids, you know, in the 80s and 90s to be like, in case you don't know, Nick Cage used to be Nick Coppola. Changed his name, didn't this and that. But like, I feel like that really died down like over the last 30 years, you know, (laughs) like it's been a while like that stuck in our head. But yeah, I feel like there's a younger crowd, like maybe the young kids who's like, first nick cage movie is is you know dream scenario or pig or something like that right and then they're like oh shit you know not the cinephiles not like the it crowd or anything like that but you know the normals the normies the plebeians you know (laughs) the philistines okay now now i want to give high school slumber party style you and joey an assignment on cage club because i am not versed enough to verify this okay i found this article so joey if you're listening just remind me and i'll send it to the two of you i found this article on the prestigious oxford university press and it was titled oxford it was from november and i saw this headline and i was like oh my god what um this is when i was researching the cage Coppola connection for this episode but the headline is on the jealous rivalry between Nicolas Cage and his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola. Jealous rivalry. This is news. This is this is very new news because okay, like, you know, everything that we went through researching in the early Cage movies and all that kind of thing, like uh, there was never anything like I mean, he was in. Peggy Sue got married. He was in one of his uncle's movies, you know, like, I don't think there's any rivalry necessarily going. I think, you know, if anything, like Nick Cage saying, I want to make it on my own and Francis Ford Coppola trying not to give him too many breaks. Like, that's kind of how I I felt it was going, you know, but like, it felt like an uncle trying to help out like here and there being like, oh, come be in Rumblefish for a sequence or something. If you need uh, some work, you know, get seen, you know, but he was never like, starring nick cage really in one of his movies well well this article alleges that like when cage was hot that's when francis was asking him to be in his movies and stuff like that i'll send it to you guys you you know cage movies better than i do i i really want you guys to determine whether this is just a piece of fluff or it actually has some merit so it sounds like fluff because there's no reason why Cage wouldn't be in one of his uncle's movies at the time. What was he even making then? I mean, would Cage would drop dead to be in Dracula if he was asked, you know, like I'm sure he would have done anything to be in Dracula or like the Rainmaker. You know, he could have been a lawyer in the Rainmaker next to Matt Damon. I'm sure he would have done that. He's never played a lawyer as far as I know. You know, maybe he saw the script to Jack and was like, not this time. But, you know, that was a that was a clever dodge. I don't know. From everything we've read, he's always wanted to be in his uncle's movies. So I'm not sure. So and he was in three of them. He was also in Cotton Club. So like, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I'll leave that assignment to you guys. Mike, the next piece of news was something you were sharing mm-hmm. with me. Uh, well, yeah, this is. Uh, oh, oh, this this tracks because it's. um. It's sort of like, you know, well, this that the last story was about Coppola's nephew. This is about his daughter, 
so, you know, we uh, did the Sophia special last episode for Christmas. Um, Sophia has been coming up. We did, we did Priscilla recently. Uh, I was reminded the other day. I mean, I, you know, if you really want to know how I could tell you, but like, I was reminded the other day that Sophia Coppola herself was invited to the set of Star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace by very close family friend, George Lucas. Uncle George. Uncle George. Uncle George, yes. Hi, come on, come by the set, check it out, you know, for sure. And while she was on set, he goes, uh, "Hey, um, you want to be a handmaiden for uh, Queen Amidala?" And she's like, "Okay." So, not only is Kira Knightley one of the handmaidens in Phantom Menace, but so is Sofia Coppola, and she's apparently in like two or three of those sequences where, like, um, Natalie Portman has all those doubles mm-hmm. like around her, like. You know, the Padme doubles and stuff. She's one of them. And so Sofia Coppola has a Wikipedia page, has like a character name. She doesn't have an action figure, but she damn well should have an action figure. So it reminded me of like how friend of the show Galen Howard was on Book of Boba Fett and he deserves his own toy action figure for being guy at desk. Uh, who hates Mondays or whatever, <laughs> like doesn't want to give Boba the business. Uh, great little performance there. But like he was on screen longer than she was in her movies and stuff. But like I, I need this action figure. Like I don't collect toys anymore and stuff, but this would be a really fun one off. But like, yeah, she she's technically part of the Star Wars universe. They could always bring her back, you know, with all these Disney Plus shows and all these movies. It's like Amidala's handmaiden went on to discover she was force sensitive and like maybe she's training now or some shit and like got into a crazy awesome adventure. Who knows? But like, I just thought that was awesome. Yeah, honestly, like <laughs> I I forgot <laughs> about this. Like I knew it at the time because I was like really into the movies. I didn't really like know much about her, right? But like I I remember the character and then like obviously revisiting them. I knew and then like since we did the show, I haven't thought about it so. Good, good yeah, reminder. It's so trivial. It's so trivial. Like I, I remember. I once I heard it again, I remembered that I knew it too at one point and completely forgot because it's just so trivial, you know. So I was watching. Uh, I like this podcast, The Weekly Planet. These two Australian guys, they're really funny, and they do these YouTube videos called Caravan of Garbage. <laughs> Great name. And they go through movies like series, like the Star Wars series. I, you know, they have tons and tons of videos and stuff. And I was watching, I was re-watching the prequel videos the other night, really late trying to fall asleep. And that's where I rediscovered that bit of information. That's so that is awesome. What is her Star Wars name? All right. Sophia Coppola has a cameo as Sachet. <laughs> Is that it? S A C H E with a dash over. Sachet. Okay. Sachet. Chante. Sachet. That's awesome. All right. So, need the Sachet action figure. And here's her quote on Wikipedia. She said, I asked George if I could come and watch the shoot. And he asked if I wanted to be in the royal entourage. I'm at the back with a hood on, and you can't really see me. I don't even remember what my character was called. Sophia Coppola. But you you kind of do see her though in a shot, right? Oh, you see her, and if you know who to look for, you could definitely pick her out. Yeah, yeah, she looks very different than Natalie Portman. Like she should not be <laughs> like a decoy at all, and neither should Kira Knightley for that matter. Actually, I mean, she looks closer to Natalie Portman, but like very different facial types. I feel on like all of the uh, handmaidens. Anyway, cool concept, but just like 
I don't know about the execution there, George. He's like, oh, well, it was just an idea. <laughs> <laughs> the Naboo. Um, Romero, you ever see that clip of him watching, like, he's like watching all the uh, special effects and the, the things, and it's like the first cut of the Phantom Menace, and he's sitting there and he's like, I think we went too far. He's like, we're going we're really, we're to have to pull back on some places because. Uh, I never have seen that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. It's pretty good. And yeah. one more bit of news. This got on my radar, but you had Jason Rainey. Oh, yeah. You guys had a discussion about it today, right? One from the heart. We already mentioned that there was going to be a 4K release. It's actually going back to the theaters, Mike, at the Alamo, yes. at the IFC. I'm going to try to check it out. I can't wait. That's crazy. That's a reason to go. That, for me, is like, now I've got to try and get to the theater. Like, crazy as it sounds, like, you know, as bad as I really wanted to see that new Godzilla, like, I couldn't get there. Like, as bad as I wanted to see that new Cage film, I couldn't get or there. But Iron like, now Claw, now Iron one Claw, the, Mike, we were supposed to see it. Iron Claw, man. I mean, like, they're, yeah, like, I felt bad missing some of these flicks. So, like, I gotta try, I gotta get to at least get the one from the heart. That'd be awesome. Let's try to make it happen. Yeah, Captain. You know it. You know it helps pay for some of those ticket fees. Is that that sweet Patreon money? Oh wait, we don't have a Patreon. We are so we open for a theater sponsorship, though. I don't know if you're aware. That of is that. true. Yes, theater sponsorship. Uh, just a straight up uh, Coppola sponsorship would be great. You know that would be fun. DVD and Blu-ray sponsorship. Send us send us some movies to watch. You know what else is open, Mike? The merch stand. Oh shit. I forgot all about it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. But I, I do have some merch. <laughs> Come walk this way. Take a look. We put the picture's name on everything. Merchandising, merchandising. Where the real money from the movie is made. All right, Brian. So I uh, forgot about the segment. So I had to get something real quick. But I had something on my mind immediately. And I figured since we're doing a book today, I found a book. I found another book that maybe one day we will talk about and discuss on the show because it is a novelization of a Coppola film. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Jack, the junior novel. Based on the new film starring Robin Williams, Jack tells a touching and playful story about a 10-year-old boy who's afflicted with a genetic disorder which causes him to age at four times the normal rate, giving him the body of a 40-year-old man. Full of sensitivity, charm, and humor, this portrayal will appeal to readers who can relate to the anxiety of not fitting in. Very cool. Has some color Mike, stills as Mike, well. Do we have to technically cover this on the show? Maybe. I'm just thinking, like, we do. Like, let's do, like, the books, too. Like, you know, uh, The Conversation, uh, The Rainmaker. I don't know what's based on a novel or what has a novelization, but along the way, it's more opportunity to do more shows. So, you know, I don't know what else to say about it. If you and I struggle to read, there is one person who notoriously hates reading, and that's Kyle oh. Reinfried. Um, is it... Kyle Menza. He wants to be <laughs> our club. Yeah, he wants to be on the Jack episode. We should make him read the junior novel. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, at least it's the junior novelization, right? So like it's super summarized. The the font is really big. 
<laughs> be, that'd be amazing. That is hilarious. Episode idea, planning the show on the show. We really should not forget about this. Uh, is it easy to get? You're Mr. eBay. I'm not sure. Well, this wasn't eBay. This is, is it eBay? I don't know Google where. I, I, this is oh, Google Oh, if it's Books. on Google Books, it's, it's then available online. That's amazing. Oh, so it's so it's free. With Google Books. I don't know if there's a subscription fee, but I'll pay it for Kyle. Come on. <laughs> uh, Beth Nadler is the author. So I'm sure if you looked it up, it's probably on Amazon. Yeah, it's probably on uh, eBay. Everything is. I myself currently have some novelizations up there for sale. So so I, I did a cop-out here. I also have some books. That's not a cop-out. It's called being thematic. Fair enough, but... As you know, I did the audiobook first. We had planned this episode a while ago, but it took us a while to really get to it. So I did the audiobook. I loved it. Joe Bontania, like, I I can't wait to talk about it. But I felt like while listening to it, I wanted some visual context. All right. So I wanted to order the book, and I wanted to order it fast. When you live in New York City, you could have gone into a bookstore in any corner and gotten a copy. Where in the world can you buy The Godfather? <laughs> and on a no longer affiliated podcast with this network. With the podcast around the corner? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was referring about? to that because that, of course, of course uh, refers to the shop around the corner, which is a bookstore that Tom Hanks put out of business and you've got mail. You've got mail, which he talked about going to the mattresses a, a lot. Connection, connection. <laughs> that's what we do here. So, so I got this Godfather Look at your copy. The cheapest version that I could get, the cheapest slash fastest version was this version, right? And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. I don't remember. Wait, that looks big. It's thick. That looks thicker than I think the wording is probably bigger. But I noticed on the back, listen, Mike, on the back it says, for sale on the Indian subcontinent only. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> someone, someone illegally sold this oh look at look what mine says it says for sale in the hollow earth alone <laughs> okay. so, no wait so how much how much i don't even remember but it really was like maybe 15 bucks and i'll say 15 bucks because whoa that's a no, lot. no 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 because it came with the sicilian oh so you got two oh, okay. no, no, no. and the last dawn Oh, you got three books. Okay. So I think it was like 12, 15 so, bucks, but I got three books for that price. And it came like the next day. So it was like four or five from bucks. From India. Apparently, I don't know. Very cool. I do not have The Last Dawn, but I've read The Sicilian. Yeah. I, I quite like The Sicilian. Interesting. I haven't read either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I read The Sicilian after reading The Godfather before recording our episode of The Godfather Part 3, originally on Third Times of Charm, just to see if there was any kind of connection to any of it. And <laughs> there kind of wasn't really. But I think I ended up reading a passage out of that. Uh, my copy of The Godfather is very worn. It was seven ninety nine. I remember getting it at Borders when it was still open and I was going to college. And I like how yours is gold. Mine is red, probably to symbolize all the violence. The blue, yeah. Red also, though, from the um, sexual energy Ooh, yeah. and the lust. Very so lusty. violence and lust. This is this is all about sex and violence. This book right here. This is this is half a porno sometimes. Someday, another day may never come. I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, 
accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. So we decided to make a pause right here. The book talk actually gets pretty long. Thought we'd divide the episode in two. So hope you enjoyed uh, you know, all the fun games we usually play. Mike Appella. Fun stuff. But next time we'll do the deep dive of the book. So Mike. Leave the guns. Take the cannolis. This is the end. Beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend, the end of our elaborate plans, the end of everything that stands, the end, no safety or